Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. Oh, and I'm your... <laughs> <laughs> We're in a different place. Okay. I know, it's very, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin voyager, Joe Garber. And tonight we have a guest who I'm hoping has a clever name. Yeah, what's your title, Corey? Oh. Uh, I believe I'm the ambush convert. That's I'm correct. Ambush convert. Yeah, ambush yeah. convert back again. He Hello. forced you to watch yes. Heart to Heart. Corey J. Brewer has returned to discuss Night of the Hunter. Yes. We followed Robert Mitchum to Night of the Hunter. Uh, so fun fact, as anyone who listened to the last episode knows, that I had been rigging the game to try and get <laughs> to a movie that Corey requested. Oh. Which was... Uh, Martin Scorsese's After Hours, and our hearts <laughs> chose differently. <laughs> but funny enough, Night of the Hunter is one of your favorite movies. It is. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. perfect. This is going great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like if I wanted to come back on, I could have just said so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't just continue here <laughs> joking around with each other. We have business to get down to. Oh, The first sh- order of business being telling the listeners what oh. happened in this movie in 60 seconds for our segment called The Minute Max, starting mm-hmm. with Ellen. Oh, my God. Yay. Thank you for this exciting opportunity. <laughs> it literally happens once a week. Mm-hmm. But every time I feel, do I feel surprised or do I feel... Chagrined. Chagrined. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like angry, Mm -hmm. which I know doesn't make sense. (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm having a strong urge to mention that you three are in a room together and I'm in L.A. I don't don't know why you have a strong urge for that. That's a total lie. (laughs) This episode will sound different to everybody because uh, I am in Seattle, as is Ellen and Corey. (laughs) Admittedly, Corey and I are... Always in Seattle when we're doing. <laughs> well, you're in pod. Tacoma. Except when I'm in London and Tacoma. I accidentally Facetime you at five a.m. <laughs> oh, right. in London. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> right, I forgot about that. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> Which I briefly thought that I was being like call like a like it was a call in mm. like you guys were going to oh. ask me a question about something that would have been so. And great. I was like in my pajamas on my couch drinking wine, <laughs> watching a movie, and. Which is kind of prime time for this. True. But still, I was like, oh, do I need to be on? I was like, hang on, hang on. And my wife, Jill, was like, wait, what's happening? Right. And I also, like, I was on the bed in my weird Airbnb in South Kensington. Yes. Like, so tired. I, I mean, that's the toddler I fell asleep on we, air. So it's Joe like. forgot that she yeah. was tired. And then after we hung up, uh, Eric. And Joe had to listen to me talk about how freaked out I was that I based like I just assaulted you in your home. <laughs> it felt- it's like you completely had on like a Sunday morning Papasan sweater. Like I know that it was like relax time, home time. And right. so I'm so sorry. Now I'm freaked Corey, out about it. How did you answer that call? Like, can you do an impression of yourself answering that FaceTime? Hello. <laughs> no, I have no idea how I did it. You went with a Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, I went straight Doubtfire. <laughs> when in doubt. Mode. <laughs> Just to like amp yourself up yeah. to be on the pod. <laughs> I feel like it, you were like very like – just smooth with it, which made oh, okay. then also made me feel disoriented because I knew like it took me a second to realize what I had done. 
Well, I think because I got the like cold panic of of getting a FaceTime call that I did, I took a beat before I answered oh, yeah. it. So I probably mm-hmm. like composed myself. Yeah, I you was like, just like, oh my god! Uh. You greased your hair back and lit a cigarette up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> a, put a lamp on. It you yeah. It was like like yeah. I put a cigarette into a long holder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was got the into vibe. a yeah got into a lounge position. Yeah, <laughs> backlit yourself. I just started frantically babbling and slapping uh, my hands on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> and then fell asleep. Okay. But, but anyways, so right. Eric's in Seattle for music biz, biz, uh, showbiz industry biz. <laughs> <laughs> just call it the biz, Joe. It's okay. Biz. He's in Seattle for the industry. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm left alone and struggling in L.A. and by myself. <laughs> Suffering. You're with Boba. You are not alone. It, and I will say the weather changed immediately when Eric left to sunny, and then it's going to go back to rainy right when he gets back. Wow, it must be really hard to sit by yourself doing a podcast <laughs> with other people. That it sounds is, horrible and, and isolating. And Ellen, yeah, I did feel that last time we did this mode, where this is the second time I've been the odd man out, like you, every time. And <laughs> you do feel it. Like, you feel like it's like a weird, intimidating teaming up so i try to be cognizant of that teaming after up. we record it is it's like you guys are all in a room having a great time and i'm over well, here that's true in my room by myself and i can shut this laptop oh, so hang on uh cory's busting out a pinata because we're having <laughs> such a great time here this is so awesome. is a, oh my god eric I mean, you, you go just, you go eric no right you go <laughs> i know you go um well we can talk uh off pod about how it feels when mm. the pod ends and then you're just there by yourself it's over. Mm. It's weirdly. We've talked about the same movie or TV show for four hours. And then you yeah. realize you haven't eaten dinner. There's nobody there to make you any dinner. Blah, I blah. never thought about that. You don't get like your cool down dinner. phase either. Okay. Yeah. Dinner. All right. Anyways, <laughs> y'all are in a room together and I'm not. Yeah. Just like for the listeners, just so they know. It's good to see you though. Hi, Joe. It's good to see the microphone that you're speaking into and Corey. <laughs> And your beer that you're holding. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and half a quarter of Ellen's face. <laughs> My, right. I feel like you, you guys need a cinematographer to set up the shot a little better. Yeah. We need Stanley Cortez. Am <laughs> I right? If only. Am I right? Yes. All right. Ellen has stalled long enough. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank you. That you're was welcome. Awesome. I tried. I the check's in the mail. <laughs> um, 50 cents. Because we're not in the same place. I have to mail it to you. Yeah, I'm over here alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm by myself. Wow, he's so whiny. Do you ever just love something so much that words fail you? <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Were you talking? I was picking up all the candy from that rad pinata. Oh my God, it's not candy. It's million dollar bills. Wow. <laughs> oh, Corey, that's so awesome. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the pinata to this amazing party without joe we forgot to mention that Corey is a billionaire the seattle well. party he's the, he's the only cool billionaire the last one <laughs> the last. i killed the rest the last of the red hot billionaires where have all the billionaires gone <laughs> <laughs> okay go okay Ellen, go. all right now, go um <laughs> presenting 60 seconds of me talking about 1955 masterpiece, Night of the Hunter. 
So check this out. So uh, Night of the Hunter, or as I like to think of it, the most perfect movie ever made specifically for me that I love so, so, so much. And um, I think about it all the time, even when I'm not trying to not talk about it during a minute max. Okay, so um, (laughs) Robert Mitchum is a psychopathic preacher, question mark, who goes around like murdering widows and stealing their money and talking to God about how it's it's cool god he also is one of those uh serial killers that um gets real stabby when he's sexually aroused but that's not really the point the point is that there is um a man who has robbed a bank he is chased by the cops his he gives his son um the money he's like promise me son uh don't tell him where the money is and then he goes to jail and gets hung and then i'm just gonna hand this off to Corey. thanks (laughs) (laughs) wow Uh, okay and i'll start my minute now uh he gets hung and then all these little kids do a song about how he got hung and they're teasing the two kids (laughs) and the little girl pearl who is definitely the inspiration for pearl mia goth and uh she's got all of the money hidden in her doll and uh, the 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 mom is shelly winters and people are gonna pretend that she's sort of like a frumpy widow but it's Shelley Winters <laughs> yeah. and in between this and Lolita how did she get the shit end of the stick so many times um, <laughs> and then uh, Robert Mitchum uh, kills her and uh, there's an amazing shot where she's underwater and it's one of the best uh. shots in any movie ever and then the two kids go on the run and it's a cross between cabinet of Dr. Caligari and uh, like Citizen Kane and then um, there's split diopter shots of children and frogs and children and rabbits. And then they meet this cool old lady who's got like a flock of orphans, like an army of orphans. And <laughs> she shotguns Robert Mitchum, but that's not how he dies. Uh-huh. Wait, should I just continue? Keep going. <laughs> oh, wow. Piggyback. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't. I, th- th- I wouldn't even be able to talk for a minute about the rest, I don't think. Uh, so I'll just start anew. Because I respect this this role, the format. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Oh wow. Like, the if don't form. Be, look, we were into being collaborative. If you're not, that's fine. No, yeah. I actually love that. I like that the guests can be like. <laughs> I'm like. I'm wondering why we've never done that before. I know. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, Ellen's tried before. I am. <laughs> I need to rededicate myself to the Minute Max, and I fully acknowledge that in front of you guys and our listener, who I now know to be Damien. Which is our Lord. Uh, Okay. Uh, Night of the Hunter. Um, Peter Graves from Airplane stole $10,000, and then he gives it to his two little kids and says, hide this and don't tell nobody, and then he gets arrested, and the kid goes, no. And then his <laughs> wife is real sad, Shelley Winters, and crazy Robert Mitchum is in jail with Peter Graves, and he overhears while he's sleeping that he has the money hidden somewhere and that the kids will lead him to it. So when he gets out of jail, which is crazy that he even got out of jail because um, he's super crazy, uh, he finds these kids and Shelley Winters. He marries Shelley Winters. He refuses to have sex with her because he's not into that. Um, but he's really into like bugging these kids to get money. 
The then he kills Shelley Winters. The kids go on the run on a boat in one of the most amazing sequences I've ever seen in the film. And they run into Lillian Gish, who has an army of orphans, and she has a shotgun, and she ain't fucking around. And she shoots Robert Mitchum in the butt and protects those children. And then it's Christmas, and she gives uh, John a watch. Wow. Wow. She gives John a watch. Yeah. That was literally the end. (laughs) (laughs) That was the end. Oh, God. Okay. Night of the Hunter. A preacher comes to town in his jalopy and he parks it wrong. I think he gets a parking ticket and he goes to jail. And he happens to be in jail with the hot guy who has stolen a bunch of money. (laughs) And he has a family. And he's only told his children where the money's hidden. And the preacher finds out that the kids know where the money's hidden. So he goes back and marries their mom and tries to find out where the money's hidden. He's a real asshole. He's got love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. And he kills the mom and puts her in a car. And there's a fisherman who finds her who's friends with the little boy but decides not to tell anybody because he's that fucking asshole. The kids run away and... They lock him in the basement and then run away and they go on a boat and they find a woman who whips them into submission and takes the, becomes their mom. And then there's a girl, Ruby, who goes out on the town. She beats the preacher and then I think tells him where the kids are hidden and then he tr- comes try to find them. And she's like, I'm going to shoot the fuck out of you if you ever come in here. And then he's like still i'm like he's like i'll be back later and she should have shot him then but she doesn't and then he is in the kitchen and she's like i'm gonna sh- fucking shoot you if you don't get out of this house and he pops up and goes woo and then she shoots him <laughs> and then that's the end of the movie <laughs> oh joe you're amazing oh, i always love a joe minute oh, max yes. <laughs> i mean now no one listening has to even see this movie yeah pretty much um dare i, dare I ask what joe <gasps> what did you think of night of the hunter <laughs> I was just going to say, I can't believe this movie was made in 1955. That is that true? Yeah. That's that's reality. It's real. Yeah. That boggles my fucking mind. They were not ready. Believe it. No one was ready. Yeah. No. Some people I I think still aren't ready. Yes. It's unbelievable that like there's things that I don't understand about it. (laughs) But just, yeah, like, Corey, from your minute, Max, that shot of her under the water and how mm-hmm. the guy describes her as having two mouths because her mm-hmm. neck is slit so far open. It's yep. like, Jesus Christ. It's so fucking dark. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, the pathos is insane. And yet they're, they're the, yeah, I is it? The thing I'm confused about is, like, is <laughs> are they making Sorry. fun of, like, yokel people? Was the filmmaker, it was a satire on like country folk, like the woman who works at the bakery, right? Icy Spoon. Icy Spoon. Icy Spoon. (laughs) Best name. Greatest name. The way, (laughs) and the mom also, the way they are as characters was insanity. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I never read the book that this film is based upon, but. My interpretation of the film is not that they're being uh, mocked or derided as simple small town folks. I see their behavior as part of a larger conversation about the different ways that the film uh, plays with faith and religion as a device Mm -hmm. uh, to motivate the characters and how it dooms these characters to whatever path they're Mm -hmm. following within that context. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, there's there's a and this is, I think, hindsight or or future sight or whatever. But it's it's campy 
Mm-hmm. Yes. The movie, the movie yeah. is campy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how campy Charles Lawton knew it was. Or if, well, so when we, we uh, Corey and I watched the movie together last night uh, and we watched some of the special features on the Criterion Blu-ray. Uh-huh. Nice. Nice. And nice. the actors uh, mentioned, Shelley Winters specifically mentions that uh, Charles Lawton let them kind of direct themselves in a mm-hmm. lot of performances, which I found really, really interesting. Mm. Um but not having directed a film before, that makes a lot of sense. Totally. To be like, I'm going to trust my actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially mm-hmm. when those are your actors. Yeah, if you're yeah. dealing with, if Shelley Winter mm-hmm. says, I have an idea about my character, you're right. going to be like, go nuts. But right. there yeah. had to have been some sort of discussion about tone, right? Was <laughs> Do you think? Was there? Because, I mean, okay, first of all, this movie is one of the most beautifully and interestingly shot movies, like, ever made. It's the yeah. the impressionist style of it is still beautiful. It's still mm-hmm. still innovative to me. There were helicopter shots. Yeah, like there's. Yeah. <laughs> it opens with yeah. like these like crazy helicopter aerials. Yeah, yeah. that I was like, mm-hmm. nobody was doing that in 1955. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and now, it was just very rare. And so like this mm-hmm. first time director is yeah using these aerial shots and like I I mentioned like the split diopter shots yeah. and then like all sorts of just like insane lighting and just mm. like and and I think yes. that the tone switching from like very campy to very dark mm-hmm. like that happens with the filmmaking as as well like yeah. there's all sorts of like there's also like these like weird like pinhole focuses mm-hmm. that happen and mm-hmm. like like it's sort of just the whole toy box being dumped out yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting to see those aerial shots now when we're in a, a phase where you know not only the ease of just aerial shots in general but especially in a drone filled world exactly. like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. preponderance mm-hmm. of aerial shots mm-hmm. um it like yeah. it just no longer stands out which doesn't mean it, it can't give you like the feeling or or really set the tone but when you watch the opening of this film once you get past the bizarre like uh, floating heads the Lee and Gitch talking <laughs> oh, about sure. the Bible thing which is amazing <laughs> the choir um, oh, yeah totally um, amazing it's so weird the kids heads like Pearl's there but John's mm-hmm. not there really strange yeah. but but the aerial scene goes on for quite a while and then of course what it does is sets the stage for these kids playing hide and seek to find a dead body yes. um, on the stairs <laughs> to the cellar Oh and my god, yeah. There we go. And then it's then it go, goes back out up mm-hmm. into the air after they found it. It's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's I'm amazing. curious. I want you all to talk about how you heard about this movie and how, when you first saw it. And also for Corey to get closer to his microphone because he sounds like he's in a different oh, room. Okay. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> he's not though, because the three of us are here together <laughs> in Seattle one, while you're by see. yourself with Yeah, he's the only one I can see in the room, but how's <laughs> this? <laughs> I think it's better. Okay. There's yeah, we're, we're, we've, we're, we 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 kind of had to make this work in a weird way. I'm I'm hoping okay. I'm hoping that it's okay. It might just be for me. You um, don't, you don't need to hear him. You can just look at him. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, turn his microphone off actually. <laughs> but you guys figure out your own structure of like how each like you want to talk about it like but what 
how did you each hear about this movie and what did you know about it before you saw it? And then when did you see it? I'm so curious about the lore and like the fan base for this movie. I saw it in 1998 or 1999 via Mark Quadrado, our friend Mark Quadrado. Uh, of course. Um, uh-huh. And I had never heard of it, knew nothing about it at all, mm-hmm. and re- really knew nothing. Well, I worked at Scarecrow for in 1998, and I do remember two people at Scarecrow quoting Night of the Hunter, but I didn't know what it was until I saw the movie. And it was the, I want them kids. What do you want them for? <laughs> Interesting choice. Not, not the lines that I've quoted this movie for 20 years for, but sure. <laughs> um, so that's my that's my history of Night of the Hunter. Did he describe it as like, this is the best movie you've never seen? No. Mark is really good about just saying, oh, you have to see this. Just watch this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ellen, Corey. <laughs> Uh, in yeah, it's around the same time, like ninety nine, two thousand. Uh, this band I liked uh, covered the theme from Night of the Hunter, and also a band that I was touring with wrote a song about the Night of the Hunter. And wow. so between those two things, I was like, "Well, I should probably watch this movie," and <laughs> watched it and was immediately like totally blown away. And I was telling Eric this last night, like I was working on a solo record at the time and immediately just like pulled like multiple samples off of like the the VHS tape like uh, onto a four course. track and like yes and like so there's just like tons of just like dialogue samples from Night of the Hunter like riddled throughout this like <laughs> solo tape I put out when I was like 20 or 21 amazing and uh yeah and then like it was one of those things like you rented a movie, you got it for a week. I probably watched it five times like oh, in the first shit. week. Yeah. Mm. And then like a couple of years go by, I get a job at a video store and it was always on my like staff pick shelf like the whole yes. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a movie that I've seen dozens of times. And this is a, it's a movie I've never heard of before this last week. It's wild. But what's the theme? There's a theme. Well, like it's the, the music. Yeah. that one uh oh. not the song where they go down the river the um the, Bjork song. the dream little one dream <laughs> song oh yeah yeah, oh. yeah phantomas oh. covered that on this that record right. leaning on the everlasting arm <laughs> 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 terrifying <laughs> ellen how did you come to night of the hunter um i saw this when i was not a young child but not an adult. <laughs> um, and I, I was thinking oh about God. this because I knew this might come up. And I was like, oh, my God. All I know is I watched it on the TV in my parents' basement. And I don't know if it was like a Channel 11 1 o'clock movie situation mm. or if it was later and kind of like an AMC thing. I do know that when it was on AMC, you know how they would have they would show the same schedule yes. you know for the east coast and the and so you could watch the same movie like twice in one day. Mm-hmm. A million percent I did that. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but my memory of the first time seeing it was that I kind of got sucked into it because when you're a kid, you think that all movies with kids in them are for kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mistake. I mean, it kind of Mis- is. Big mistake. But it was also this thing where in children's fiction, you know, like I could just really get down with um, a lot of stories where 
children were, it seemed like children were always running away from things or running towards shit was kind of the theme. So it's like books like Fly the Doves or like that one where the Norwegian kids are sledding away from Nazis or like Wolves of Willoughby Chase, which is one of my favorite books ever. You know, just like kids. And so running away from misery. And so I can see now, you know, as an adult that the expressionistic look of the film also seems like it's sort of for children, but I mean, could there be something less for children than some of the ideas in this film? Yeah. But I do. Like the first couple of ideas presented. Yeah. I mean, I do still sort of um, like every third time or something, I just sort of take it in, in that same way, like as a, as a child or as a younger person and, and through the lens of it, telling a story about children because I do think that a lot of the ways that um, things are presented in it really are about being a child and a child's idea about fear. Like it touches on so many things that are Mm -hmm. a million percent the fears you would have as a child that would really scar you like fears of abandonment, fears of loss, like you there that you can't rely on, on adults, even when they tell you that you can Um, Mm -hmm. the pacing of you know, what seems like this very cartoonish, these cartoonish mm-hmm. moments when Robert Mitchum's always popping up or looking upside down or like just bug eyed <laughs> yeah. and or when he's chasing you up the cellar yes. stairs oh and he's God. just like just right there, his hand yeah. almost touching, you know, and the kids are struggling or like the boat. Like there's so many moments where it is very much like the kind of nightmares you would have as a kid or just just the pacing, mm-hmm. all of it, it just mm-hmm. seems very keyed into playing on these deep fears you have as a child, which then, of course, are just held forever Mm. in our hearts and minds as adults. So it's like a Mm -hmm. formed in childhood through the eyes of the experience of childhood, Mm -hmm. even if it's a crazy, fictitious childhood about, (laughs) you know, uh, homicidal preachers, but... Yeah. So, yeah. So Did that you, answer the question? You, I saw well, what, it when I, a long time ago. When you watched it, you <laughs> so you said you were a child when you first saw, watched yeah, it. Yeah, I was probably more likely like a teen or late teen, but I'm still very tapped into, especially that book about the Norwegian kids sliding away from Nazis. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember the feeling you had watching it? at that age? Were you just like delighted and this is yeah. funny or oh, it, no, was I it scary? It. I mean, okay. I just love it. It was like a... Came into this world a spooky kid, and I hope to go uh-huh. out the same way. But I mean, not as a kid, obviously. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's just a scary movie, a thrilling movie. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. children at its core, you know, and, yeah. and that it just rang all the bells. I, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really understanding because at that moment, like, black and white is an old movie. And this movie takes place during the Depression. And so it did blow my mind to find <sighs> out that it's 1955. But, of course, Robert Mitchum would ha- and Shelley Winters would have to have be, like, immortal or something yes. to have made that movie <laughs> right. in, in the 30s. But so it is kind of a mind fuck, right? The look uh, of the movie, which ends up now yes. just feeling timeless, which mm-hmm. is perfect. Yes, and that lady, when so I'm really curious. I, I mostly want to ask, like, what? I'm sorry, I'm like in an interview mode. I guess that's like a, <laughs> for being isolated. But I the the shots of the animals while they're on the river on the boat yes. is 
like one of the most striking things from this movie and i don't know why mm-hmm. i don't know like what did it represent for me it was like the danger of the outdoors there's like these weird animals that are out there with these kids who are just out there alone mm. but is that what it was trying to express when after the kids run away, they're on the boat and there's just shots of just random animals that are watching them go by on the river, basically. I think it's like a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. it's at its core, it's kind of this like, fa- and in fairy tales, like kids are like interacting with like animals and stuff. And mm-hmm. they're like, mm-hmm. like they kind of have to like, it's also like Bible stuff. Like they got to like go go down the river and all this like, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. and like, and they're constantly referencing the like river imagery in the Bible in the movie, Mm -hmm. which at its core, I do think that the movie is about the type of Christian Robert Mitchum thinks that he is. And the type of Christian that Lillian Gish actually actively is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the, uh, as, (laughs) Ooh, as Spike Lee would appropriate from yeah. this, oh, like well the done. static, yeah. well the static between <laughs> the two, mm-hmm. which actually was probably how I first heard about this because I read a bunch of stuff about Do the Right Thing when Do the mm-hmm. Right Thing came out, and Spike Lee would talk about how the Radio Rahim speech is from this, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that's probably how it first came on my radar. But I wouldn't have thought to actually seek out a copy for like you know six years after that. Mm. I, I doubt that Joe has seen Do the Right Thing. Yeah, what? No, I have yeah. not. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky to be able uh, to see that. I'm the Virgin Voyager. I know it's such a it's so good, and I think wow. you will really love it. And uh, it's entirely possible we'll get to that. But well, um, it, for the listeners that are like me, explain that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the what's the link? So so <laughs> the the speech that that well the the like skit that Robert Mitchum performs when he meets new people to let them know that he is a preacher. The love and hate. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, he has love and hate mm-hmm. tattooed on his knuckles. Mm-hmm. Hate on the left hand, love on the right hand. And he does this whole little staged fight between his hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really, like, all it does is make me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. it's cringy. Um, yeah. yeah, and so in Do the Right Thing... Radio Rahim, who is a is is maybe the most important character of that story, uh, has gold forefinger rings that say love and hate on his left and right hand, and he does the same performance, but in a different vernacular and actually in a way that seems way more in- inspirational and <laughs> a million times less cringy. So less cringy, and he like, does it like directly to camera, yeah, and in this way that like engages the viewer mm-hmm. whereas uh-huh. in this he's playing to the audience in the candy shop yeah and it's winning them over but as an audience member you're like this guy is insane yeah mm-hmm. whereas at no point uh-huh. during do the right thing do you think that radio rahim is insane no you love radio <laughs> but it also um it's just one of the many places where you see the influence of night of the hunter on filmmakers like the coen brothers are particularly uh, invested in night of the hunter whether it's straight dialogue or just little snippets like the dude abides Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah because at the end when i 
what does she say they abide and they endure yes mm-hmm. and it's like what the fuck does that mean a child <laughs> is man at his strongest mm-hmm. yeah they abide and they endure what is what the fuck is that <laughs> bible people bible people um, yeah just bible shit <laughs> i think it it's interesting like to think about how flawed all of the adult characters are mm-hmm. in the film and also oh the God. arc of John who is forced to function as an adult until the end when he kind of like relives the experience of seeing his father being um, pinned down on the ground and handcuffed and taken away. And he sees that happen mm-hmm. again with Robert Mitchum's character and you get the sense that he is passing through that and then he's allowed to be a child again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Because then he is, you know, just, there's just the very sweet yeah. uh, scene with the Christmas present where he doesn't have anything and he goes and gets the apple and pulls the doily out and presents it mm-hmm. uh, to Miss Cooper. And <laughs> uh, Joe is not God. impressed. <laughs> and you, you get the sense that John's finally allowed to, be a child, which I think is Ugh. a really important character arc because yeah. yes. I think you have to invest in that because otherwise, like this kid, it's like it's just. Oh, it's bleak. It's hard. Yeah. And he toes the line like there's those mm-hmm. moments, the moments when he sort of cracks and blurts things out, you know, mm-hmm. or like he's just when he is able to just be a frightened child or an angry child. um, those moments are so great, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he is largely stoic and they're doing this crazy, crazy thing because it is like, like Corey's saying, like it is very much a fairy tale. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, like the animals really lend to the fantasy aspect mm-hmm. where we've got these electronic stars, you know, up in the sky, the river mm-hmm. is obviously a set and, for me, that's Pearl is singing that cre- that song, the creepy song, yeah, yeah. and just things like like when they go to that first house when they go and sleep in the barn. That's one of uh, my favorite uh, my God. sets in the movie because the barn is just so angular and strange, like mm-hmm. the shape of it, and just crazy things like the creepy song. Everyone's always singing like the <laughs> the songs, the way the hymns and the lull, like are sort of overlaid with lullabies like it just really Mm. illustrates that collision between childhood and comfort and safety and the craziness of religion (laughs) can I say that but yeah I don't know I like I I can tell that you want to talk about hating child (laughs) actors what what, where what's happening me who are you talking to you you i was just about to say pearl is an idiot with a bad (laughs) a really bad haircut (laughs) pearl sucks and her haircut Mm. sucks (laughs) no she's a little girl it's fine it's just like john is like John John knows John and Pearl know where the money's hidden and it's in her doll. And she's got this like weird bouffant haircut, which I'm sure was like very stylish in the 50s, <laughs> but looks so I, strange I don't now. Know about that. <laughs> it's like 
ringlets, but then like just a pile of ringlets on the top of the head that goes up mm-hmm. more than it should. And kind of her mother has the same haircut, but she's just she's getting taken like their mother, like all of the characters kind of suck a little bit. It's really interesting because their mother gets instantly taken by this preacher guy who's clearly an asshole and a murderer. And she goes (laughs) full whole hog into this. She becomes like a cultist. It is like those shots of her calling the Lord or whatever with the fire and all that shit. She just go gets fully enveloped into his world. And it is it's really hard to see because you know he's bad and you know that he just wants the money and John's gonna protect it. But the mom just like fully betrays those children and it's really, really that it was like I don't know. It, that was kind of that was hard to watch a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be. I it's mm-hmm. it, you know, we've it's not the only time we've seen like an abused woman uh, mm. siding with, with her abuser because of all of the reasons that that happens in life. Yeah. Um, but then put into account poverty and starvation and the, yeah. the crazy power that religion has over poverty, Ugh. over impoverished people. When you're hungry, it's so hard you'll, to watch. you'll listen to anything if there's a piece of bread. So yeah. It's, yeah, but don't you think it's, I mean, she doesn't, fall for the preacher right away. Icy Spoon mm. um, <laughs> really pressures her into it. Uh-huh. And true. I think that's a really yes. interesting yes. way to illustrate the impact that faith or religion can be used as as a tool. Like the way that everyone navigates that remains like really um, mm. one of the most fascinating pieces of um, the film for me. But I think it's also interesting that she transitions into like that great scene where she's like retelling the story about the money and like the torches are blazing and it's really crazy. But then when we get to the scene where she's murdered, she has this very calm, like beatific thing. And she basically lies down to be sacrificed, Mm -hmm. right? The, The placid look on her face and she has her arms crossed over Protest and and he we know from Uncle Bertie uh, that she gets her throat slit. So it's yeah. I think it's really, I mean, is there anything about this film any a single moment that isn't just so deliciously weird? <laughs> yeah, um, and that was so in- deeply intentional. Like it just fits together like so. She her the lighting in that scene is insane and incredible. She looks it. like an angel. She's lit mm-hmm. like spotlight on her face with like faded out over her body. Her arms are crossed in front of her. It's because like, her bedroom has turned into a gothic cathedral. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. What is she talking about in that scene? She's kind of just sort of praying almost, right? I can't remember what she's saying in that scene, but it's it's sort of like she's gone off the deep end a little bit and she's just talking to the Lord, basically. Or I always kind of look at it as her, like, before that, so she's been whipped into this religious fervor <laughs> um, <laughs> by, the, by the Torch Church, the <laughs> Church of the Torch. And uh, there is a moment where she... <laughs> <laughs> she feels that she is cleansed <laughs> because the money is gone. Mm-hmm. And Uh-oh. I don't know, for me, I just feel like she's 
I do feel like she is this this sounds weird. I feel like she has given up uh mm. the the struggle for her own salvation. She's like she has found it in whatever by whatever means she needs to find it and mm. is at peace with it. So when these weird fucking things happen to her, she's like you can't hurt me anymore. I'm like mm. it's all everything has been taken from me and I'm that makes me clean. I'm thus clean. I'm yeah. quivering with cleanliness. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Yes, right. my body is a quivering right. with cleanliness. A cleanness, cleanness, <laughs> cleanness. And, a that was cleanness. so weird. In that, uh, I feel clean now. My whole body is just quivering with cleanness. I love it. <laughs> that, and the look she gets, she like looks off into the bleachers. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, amazing. So the weirdest part too was when he she's coming home and he's telling the little girl he's gonna rip her arm off if she doesn't tell him <laughs> where this money is and she overhears that and the look on her face that she gives to this preacher when she gets home is just wild like it's like a weird smile but like she knows what she what he said but she's still trying to keep the peace it's it is bonkers like and then she gets murdered Right after that, I think, yeah. basically. In the extra that we watched last night, uh, Shelly Winters says that the idea that she had for her character was that it was a fly that was be- was seduced by the spider and mm. willingly goes into the web. Oh, wow. That's and is awesome. Like in- and is like very like w- goes into it willingly, mm. which I kind of wish I- that I'd seen that interview before we watched it because yeah. like you... S- as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, right. All those moments, like like you just said, like when she hears him mm. say this horrific thing and then just sort of mm-hmm. like has this sort of like dazed and like yeah. the approach that she takes to her murder scene and like all, all <sighs> sorts of stuff. Like it's all very, it's in there. And there's, yeah. there's the song about the spider and the flies, right? Yeah. Where the, the flies has the children, the song that Pearl sings oh, yeah. when they're mm-hmm. on the river. But mm-hmm. there's, also, the stuff that she references about how she feels responsible for her husband's death yes. and for the circumstances that she and her children find herself in, like when she's mm-hmm. giving her testimonial at the crazy white torch, white people torch <laughs> church, <laughs> the um, mob justice she church. talks yeah. about how she drove her husband to kill to get money because mm-hmm. she wanted perfume. all of these fancy things. She wanted perfume and she wanted Fa- yeah. uh, face, face paint. paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's, it's a willingness that's motivated by that guilt mm. and like right. a mm-hmm. sense of, of worthlessness, I think. Yeah. yeah. There's one, the thing that I find really interesting is that, uh, in, in one of the, what I think is one of the more nuanced performances in the movie, <laughs> Pearl mirrors all of that behavior. Uh, Pearl is extremely oh. drawn to the preacher. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. is. She can't help it. She knows that he is bad. She knows that he is a predator, but she mm-hmm. can't help it. Every mm-hmm. time he shows up, she's just she stares up at him adoringly. She go, when he finds them at Lillian Gish's place, she runs and hugs him. Yeah, mm-hmm. she calls and him daddy. She when does. He she gets, calls him daddy. John throws a can at his head. And my favorite, my favorite <laughs> moment when he pulls out his switchblade and shows it to her, her immediate, immediate reaction to that knife coming out is to walk towards it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she gets yeah. up and goes around the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. so good. Thought, he's like, "Don't touch that little lamb." Away. And then mm-hmm. she goes towards it. Yeah, yeah, so well, good. There's a lot of 
really interesting, really contemporary feeling perspectives about the dynamic between women and abusers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also um, with Ruby, where Miss Cooper says like Ruby, you know, where she comes and she she confesses that she doesn't have a sewing class in town on Thursday nights that she's been going to be with men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Miss Cooper, this God fearing Bible thumping like, uh, But, of course, very kind and very flawed woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, you know, Ruby, you're just trying to find love wherever you can. You just want love. In the only foolish way you know how. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Which is, that's one of the things that, like, this movie has stuck with me where I'm like, oh, that kills me. Yeah. There are so many amazing lines in this movie. It's wild. And and (laughs) later when um, they actually have Robert Mitchum... And he's like in the jailhouse and they're trying to like get away from a mob Mm. and they go past the jailhouse and Ruby starts like pleading to the jailhouse like he's in there like he didn't do what they said like Mm -hmm. like he has seduced everyone almost or almost everyone in this movie like everyone has like goes for it with the exception of like Lillian Gish and John like Mm -hmm. everyone else is just like all in on like the preacher like oh my god which yeah. and i think the ruby preacher thing is big in cape fear yes yeah. there's like the whole the whole like um set in the auditorium yes is just like a steroided version of this yes so, i mean totally. the entire climax of cape fear is basically like ripped off shots from night of the hunter of these kids on, on a river floating around on a set. Like it's wow. Yeah, that's there's true. So many parallels. There's so many, we, we were, t- so Corey and I were also, we, we I told him to save it for the, we pod. tried, we tried God, desperately. <laughs> we tried. I told Seems him like you didn't save though. it for the pod, but, uh, the reach of this movie, <laughs> uh, goes backwards and forwards. There's it's, it references so many classic film things of DW Griffith and, like mm-hmm. all these imp- German impressionists. And then we just, we just kept thinking of movies that have taken elements of night of the hunter since. And it's, it's insane. Like it's, it's the only movie that I think qualifies as Lynchian that isn't directed <laughs> by David Lynch. Like it's, Oh yeah. Because it's the impressionism of it. That, that is the weirdness, mm. not some surreal like garbage that, <laughs> Film students do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my burn. god! Burn, burn, yes, burn, burn uh, for all film students. <laughs> Children, <laughs> I can feel myself getting awfully mad. Uh, wait, so is this movie? Because I've used both. Is this movie impressionistic or expressionistic? I believe it is expressionistic. Oh, okay, it is. thank okay. you. Because I think the first time I was describing it, I said impressionistic, and then immediately was like, "Wait, is it? I think it's actually yeah. expressionistic." My and bad. then and then you said it, and I was all, "I don't know which one it is." <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I knew there was someone in the yes. room that would have the answer. <laughs> the German expressionists. Oh man. There's a. Uh... So I have so many, I have the most quotes I've ever written down from any movie or TV wow. show we've ever watched in, in my notes. But the first one I have is uh, this woman comes out of somewhere and she says, 
<laughs> they ever find out what he did with all that money he stole? <laughs> That's icy. It's and, icy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that icy? Yeah. 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 Anytime you hear a woman's voice that goes like that, that does that <laughs> it's particular icy. little, it's, it's like cracking. So in this shot specifically, this photo I took of her, she, she's got and out energy, but she looks exactly like my mother. Oh, what? That's okay. So yeah, that's true. It's not icy. It's oh, it's the, the other woman. That this woman. I, as soon as she showed up, I went and out. And <laughs> yeah. and out at this. Yeah. It's not. No. Yeah. She does look icy. like your mom. Yes, yeah, like exactly. It's, it's really wild. What? And yeah. she she's got this like. like all these necklaces. Yeah, like she looks like this. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, I know the scene now that I understand it's not icy. She's um, she's like a bar like I thought she was it was like a bar she was at and she's like, you know, kind of she midday drunk. And yeah, she's it's some like, weird business, right? That she comes yeah. lurching out of to berate young children. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, like my mom does Because it's a all hang, the time, hang, yeah. hung moment. That's my mom's <laughs> favorite hang, thing. Hang, hang, hung, just hang, hang, but hung. weirdly catchy and also semi-tuneless. Yes, uh, yeah. disturbing children's thing. Hing, and like hang, a lilt of, of a voice that hing, you will hang, only hang, hear in the fifties, where it's like voice cracking. Just she just is uncontrolled. Like the voice that she does is just wild. Where yeah. it's like cracking and just all over the place and shriek and shrill. It's like Wait, really interesting. So that lady reminds you of your mom? She just looks. I she just, looks like she didn't, she didn't at all when I, when that scene happened, but I took a photo of her and I was like, that is just a picture of my mom. Wow. It just looks exactly like her. Oh. Yeah. 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 Mom his mom doesn't talk like her. Joel? <laughs> yeah. Children. Did you ever find out what your dad did with all that money? money. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, whatever that is. What is that? God only um, knows. <laughs> why did people stop doing that in the 50s? Oh. <laughs> I don't know that they stopped doing that in the 50s. Sadly. I'm going to bring that back. <laughs> um, Can we talk about Things the Lord hates, like perfume smelling things, <laughs> yes, lacy smelling things, things, and the worst thing, things with curly hair. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, and then your switchblade yeah. pops up. Your switchblade boner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the switchblade boner really fits nicely with Icy Spoon's um, fudge boiling <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. Oh, fudge. Her yeah. fucking fudge. Oh, my God. I wrote that uh, one down. You don't get a smidgen of my fudge unless you stay for the picnic. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, shut up, you old bitch. Well, no. My favorite was her her <laughs> no talking about nasty fudge. <laughs> her talking about sex with, with oh, her husband. Uh, Walt. Oh, yeah. I just lay back and think about my cannon. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts down his fried chicken. Yes. <laughs> he kind of like harumps and puts down his fried chicken. But she's, yeah. when she's, she says, that wasn't love. That was just flap doodle. Uh, flap doodle flap doodle all right Mm. so she's down with some flap doodling (laughs) uh disgusting icy spoon take me downtown i'm just looking for some (laughs) flap doodle doodle. (laughs) icy spoon is talking to the mom what's the mom's name willa 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 she's talking to willa and she's got all kinds of advice 
and she just is endless just spouting what she needs to do mm. one of the one of which is like you let that money haunt you to your grave mm. is what she advises her to do but then talking about john she says i think she says what he needs is a dose of sauce and i didn't understand what she meant by that like does he need alcohol does he need sass he needs to get like sassed a couple times to get right i didn't understand what she was do you, do you remember this at that, all? That might have just been like a euphemism for a beating. Yeah. That's the impression that, I maybe got. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And considering the time and place, yeah. I think most things were just euphemisms for a beating. Yeah, for abusing mm-hmm. yeah. children. <laughs> when you, you weren't actually child. actively being beaten. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just beat it out of them. Reminding you that that mm-hmm. was always on the table. In the good old days. <laughs> yeah. My grandparents on my dad's side were children in the deep south during the depression and their stories are just were just wild yeah 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 Yeah. did they often get dosed with sass uh yeah i I would imagine that was the only meal they got (laughs) yeah and they got the force fed a lot of fudge oh my god (laughs) my grandma told me that her first memory was being hungry Oh, oh God! Worst was being what hungry. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, oh my God! My first God. memory is of punching my birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how far changed. we've come. Yeah. yeah. Why did you do that, Ellen? Because <laughs> cake sucks. <laughs> cake sucks. <laughs> no one ever when everybody's ice cream. looking at you. No like one, it's supposed no to be fun. <laughs> you could have used a dose of the sauce. <laughs> Like Uncle Birdie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, another thing that I found interesting about these characters—it, whatever this says about everybody—the uh, children are able to resist the calls of any man, but no woman. If a oh. woman yells for these kids, they come running, no matter what. Mm. It's really interesting because they huh. they hide from Robert Mitchum the whole time, mm. which is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, but then Icy Spoon comes in. It's like you get your. Yeah, she asses says, up "Shake here. a leg," and they yeah. and they, yes, ma'am. They just mm-hmm. say yes, ma'am. I mean, I wouldn't want to cross Icy. I really thought she was going <laughs> to yeah. get pushed down the stairs in that scene. I thought she was going to get murdered. <laughs> no, she's an ally. She's an ally for Robert Mitchum. Yeah, sort of. She's full of bad advice. <laughs> just doing her best. Mm. <laughs> and then, so he murders Willa, and then his fake ass sobbing in their ice cream sh- parlor it's amazing it's, it's like and they're just so on his side it is really bonkers yeah. and his fake ass crying in that ice cream shop oh my god well yeah but um mr spoon walt walt spoon is one of the <laughs> only voices of reason Mm-hmm. Right. It's really Uncle Bertie and Walt are the only halfway <sighs> normal seeming yeah. adults where they're well, they're yeah, kind of, you know, yeah. grounded. They seem Uncle Bertie seems, although he clearly maybe has a drinking problem. Just kidding. He totally has. A drinking problem. <laughs> but in his defense, he is a widower. Yes. And who widower. like just widower. lives in that weird building above the river at whatever kept whatever landing but um but walt spoon like icy dressed him down for having his suspicions and mm-hmm. he's the only one 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, Corio, you're, you're pointing out that, like, everybody's just like, ooh, like to the preacher, right? The evil preacher. But Walt is the only skeptic, but he's also kind of like a super henpecked yes. husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, know, there's really something about the seductions, though, like these mm. that Robert Mitchum is able to seduce women and children <laughs> or, or just women, really. Yeah. But there's, mm-hmm. you know, they're and then these women have control over their husbands. Uh, it's all. <laughs> it all just is too real. It's all just like it's a it's an allegory that has never gone away. Like it's never it, we haven't aged mm-hmm. out of it. We haven't learned <laughs> <laughs> how to get out of this <laughs> but my question for yeah. you joe is would you eat a raw potato from a stranger <laughs> definitely yes i would okay i because i have trust in humanity yeah <laughs> oh that lady's the best where she's like where are your parents and they're like they're dead and she's like get out of here get out of here go on she get loved, go away she telling kids to get the fuck away from her more take than your she potato and get the fuck out yeah i can only spare two get out of here go away go away now well i mean look at those mangy depression road kids yeah yeah, yeah they're disgusting and uh, they run the roads that was the thing Doesn't that like say? i i think about that i think about the children of the depression that like their parents die and there is no, <laughs> there is no orphanage infrastructure in place. There's no oh, like, God, there's oh, yeah. no, no one to care for these children. Like eight you're, year olds, you're on your just, own in a boat. Yeah. And then they go to work in the mines, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like Tennessee so now. Scary. But I, the dad talks about that situation. Like it's not even foreshadowing cause they're just in the depression. Right. Yes. But he <laughs> talks about how, he stole that money so that they wouldn't have to be like all the kids that are out there on the road and sleeping in old cars and mm. all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there they are. Yeah. 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 And one of the prison wardens, like the day that they execute the dad is Bart. he like comes home and he's like, I wish I was back in the mine. Yeah. And his wife's oh, like, yeah. And the wife's like, you never talk like this unless there's an execution. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! And it's like God. Well, yeah, he probably just had a really shitty day at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First of all, he's a tool Jesus. for the for the for the murder machine. Yeah, and also, mm-hmm. like, his other option is being in the mine. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that's horrible. But then an interesting parallel because we he, they focus in on his two children mm-hmm. asleep. Yes. So there's all mm. kinds of connectivity like running throughout and then mm. we see the same guard again at the end mm-hmm. um, oh i didn't even realize mm-hmm. oh that's cool this i hated was... i hated uncle birdie the most why Once, <laughs> because <Birdie> he <laughs> he, fu- he <laughs> knew what was at stake he knew he had a relationship with john and he saw john's mom with her throat slit in the water and yet he told nobody and he knew that that you know john and pearl were living with a murderer and yet he didn't do anything about it because he thought they would blame him for it like an asshole like that's just i just hated him after that because he finds it a body, which you can clearly see from the surface of the lake. It was so funny, <laughs> that shot. 
those shots are so gorgeous of her dead body tied yes. to that car with the seaweed whatever floating with her hair and then with their hair her uh, hair floating like prairie grass i don't know how the fuck in 1955 did they do a shot like that where was it a tank of water with glass that was set up with a boat in it because they pan up to the to a boat with a fishing line going under the water is, is that how they did that i mean it would have been I, a tank yeah Mm-hmm. it's so wild it's so amazing and beautiful but then he finds her body and is like oh that's a dead body uh i'm not gonna tell anybody because they'll blame it on me and i was just like you're a fucking asshole like you don't give a shit <laughs> they would have blamed it on him though because he's like the drunk man who lives down by the river yeah i feel like it's just another example of how the adults are so flawed um yes and yeah totally I mean, it's a great device. Like, that's a nightmare when he goes running to Uncle Bertie, who we've been led to believe is there to help him. And he specifically Mm. tells John, like, if he ever needs anything. And it's just, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when just the panic really sinks in, (laughs) right? Because he's screaming at Uncle Bertie, like, to get up. And then it's just like he doesn't have any choice. Like, when they are running to find the skiff. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God! When they're stuck mm. in the marshy, oh my God! That's one of the. Yeah. That's the first time that the sound design of this movie like just rattles my bones. Like it terrifies me oh, when so when Robert Mitchum lets out that scream He's when like the kids get away, crashing through the brush trying to get to them. And then the other, t- there's another moment that I that I just it's it's the moment that I think of when I think of Night of the Hunter, mm. and it's bec- it's it's the one moment that still legit freaks me out and it's when they're in the house and he's outside the the entire sequence is absolutely brilliant because Mm -hmm. uh pearl comes in with a candle and the or was it ruby it was pearl comes to the porch to talk to lillian gish yes and she has a candle it lights it lights up the screen Mm -hmm. on the porch with enough time for robert mitchum to disappear so we no longer know where he is Mm mm-hmm Lillian Gish stands in her house with a shotgun with the kids behind her. And then the sound of a cat yowling. <laughs> and then Robert Mitchum just jumps up straight, straight up, fully erect. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, like a switchblade. So like a, <laughs> I find that so unnerving and scary. Like the 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 cat sound specifically, because it comes. Sorry, I'm just drooling because I'm so. <laughs> the cat, cat sound comes before you see him. Yeah, and just the most amazing amount, like perfect amount of time, for it to be just bone chilling for me. And then she shoots, and it turns into he turns into Daffy Duck. Oh, yeah. I that freaked me out more <laughs> when when he goes running across the yard screeching mm-hmm. and jumping over that fence into the dark barn, like a weird wounded animal yeah. that that was like a lot more scary to me than him popping up and making that weird noise. I was like, wh- I didn't understand what he was doing and like, what, what is your plan? Why did, why did you pop up? Did the cat scare him? Is that what happened? Or like, why did he pop up like that? I was so confused because because he was scaring them. Also, he was just trying to be like, he was just trying to like by surprise. Surprise them. 
Okay. The the noises that he makes when he's running after being shot and going into the barn oh, is so quite a bit like his speaking in tongues scene in the Cape original Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. Oh, which really? I wouldn't bring up except for I know you haven't seen it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that's interesting. But that the, was really freaky and on like a David Lynch level to me when he was running across the yard and mm-hmm. just yowling like that. I was that's he, the th- it was really really scary. But I do also when he so when he chases the kids up the stairs in the basement with his hands out like a demon. What he does this like pose that he is like this monster and then they close the door on him. I had to record the sound that he makes when the door shuts on <laughs> oh, his it fingers. Scares me. It's really weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you hear it? I, I heard that. <laughs> I I mean it's so terrifying to me. I think that what I love about even even though the, there's so many aspects of of the performances or the characters, I should say it's not necessarily the performances that that I think of this way, but but that over the top. I guess you said it's campy. I have never considered it campy or considered that until you said that. I'm like, oh my god, why have I not connected that to camp? But I think I, I think of it just more as like cartoonish but it not necessarily funny it's just the yeah the characters are mm-hmm. so exaggerated in the way that they are in fairy tales where mm-hmm. although these characters have the ambiguity of modern life uh but when he screams that first time when his hand gets slammed in the door mm-hmm. it scares the shit out of me but when he just screams like a wild animal. I think mm-hmm. it's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, like it just, mm-hmm. to me, it just really hammers home that he is a creature more than anything yes. else, right? Yeah. That yeah. he is just at this uh, functioning at this very base level. That he is yep. like smooth and composed and really, you know, has his routines down. Uh, to charm the ladies and get mm-hmm. whatever, get the wads of money in the widow's sugar bowls. <laughs> but mm-hmm. when he, mm-hmm. she shoots him and he screams and goes running across the yard. Like I just love when Lillian Gish calls the sheriff and she says, I have something trapped in my barn. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And it's just so yes. perfect. Ugh. Like it just really asserts like her victory over him her dominance of it mm-hmm. and it also states very clearly that we're supposed to think of him as the wild animal that he is mm-hmm. like that he's feral that he's dangerous he's like the devil it, it's and the shot when he's walking across the yard when they're hiding in the basement and it does that circle wipe to, yes. to mm-hmm. him and then to the basement <sighs> It, it's and so isn't when he when he first shows up to their house isn't he like introduced by a shadow on the wall yeah yeah and, and then like, pearl he's points just, at it like, mm-hmm. yeah yeah she does like the dicaprio <laughs> 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 like and it felt like a like... meme when i saw it last night where i was like how is this not how is this not a gif i have saved in my phone but he mm-hmm. like sits in their yard singing mm-hmm and it's yeah. so scary. Which and then the Exorcist, uh, yep. that that famous shot of Max von Sydow in The Exorcist is one hundred percent just plucked mm-hmm. from right. that moment. Mm-hmm. 
And also and probably the, the sequel, the like God is in his holy. Oh, the poltergeist. Oh my God. Yes, yeah, the poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yes. Uh, yes. poltergeist. Thank you. What do I call? I, I, we, we was it poltergeist? It's the beginning of the, of the "You Stole My Story" hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Eric Blood hat. Uh, it's it's poltergeist to the other side. Yeah. Oh my God! When he's uh, the best shot in the whole movie, in my opinion, was when they're in the barn and they see him silhouetted on that horse, and he's singing, and he's just this presence that's Don't coming ever closer sleep? to them. Don't he ever yeah. sleep? Yeah. I love that line. Uh, and that scene, awesomely. Uh, I don't know if Joe, if you know this, <laughs> that was of course shot on a set, uh-huh. and it's a pony and a little person. Really? Yes. <laughs> Whoa! Isn't that I fucking cool? That. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and this Peter was Peter Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. This was something we were talking about last night. Was that scene where he's riding across the riverside, singing? He doesn't know where they are. Mm-hmm. He just knows that they're around, and he's just letting them know that he knows that he is there, and he is yes. getting closer. And it's just like it's psychological warfare. It's yes terrorism. It's yeah. yeah. It's just like, and he's just working it to like precision. Yes, and it's yes. so effective. And it, it works We're, on us. Yeah, the yeah, same way it works on yeah, totally. John and Pearl. But I think it it also illustrates these moments where, I mean, he's a monster. The way that he mm-hmm. would be perceived to children, he's a monster. Like, don't mm-hmm. he ever sleep? Like, everywhere they go, mm-hmm. his call mm-hmm. follows them, right? And it mm-hmm. just, oh, God, it's. Mm. When he's coming into the basement and he doesn't say, like, he's not mad at all. He's so calm. And he can he says, I can feel myself getting awful mad. <laughs> I that, totally that is, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it makes my children. skin crawl. So fucking creepy. He's. Mm. My, one of my favorite crazy lines is when John uh, tells him that the money's buried under the stone. Under the floor. On the floor. And when Robert <sighs> Mitchum looks up and he says, this is concrete. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And even though it's so weird, yeah. such a weird <sighs> delivery and such a crazy just shot of like close shot of Robert Mitchum's face like ooh, it, it's just god I love yeah it. it's amazing he this goes concrete he goes whole hog on pearl and he says he's like you poor silly disgusting little wretch and she starts <laughs> crying and then john says something and then he looks he the delivery of this line is amazing too is it john doesn't matter no it's oh. well it's oh. this line first i thought i told you to keep your mouth shut yeah and he says it with like with a smile and just so casually and it's so effective the way he delivers that line because it's like he's like being a nice guy. It's like I thought I told you to keep your mouth shut. Or he's just being like the be- the most calm. I'm I will murder you yeah, soon. He's, and he's then being a monster, he's being a yes. efficient and effective monster. And then he says, "Poor old John might make it to heaven after all." Ugh. When he's like planning to kill him. Oh my god, he is creepy as hell and his facial expressions and that uh yeah he's amazing oh man when he yells john doesn't matter yes it's just his heart stoppingly scary mm-hmm. uh-huh. i think though that moment when he is in prison with their dad mm-hmm. and you we only see the dad in the bunk right asleep yes. and then when robert mitchum 
his head uh, appears uh, um, from, the down, from the upper bunk, bunk and he's yeah. upside down. <laughs> and I feel like it's just everything about where that character goes from there because we've yeah. just seen him like talking to the Lord, which is such a great way to tell us who that person is, mm-hmm. is that dialogue with the Lord, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I know you don't mind the killing. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Your book's full of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oh, my Oof. God, yeah. Wow. And then he shows him his knife. And I was, in that moment, also, I was like, this is 1955. So I was like, this they're not going to have a priest be a villain, like a preacher be a villain in 1955. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong about no, that. Very. But, yeah, but I was like, that is, he's just like threatening this guy, sort of. But I was like, is he threatening him? Or is he just actually a good priest? I don't know. I was like really confused about what they were doing with the character. And then it turns out he was definitely threatening that guy. And somehow got a switchblade into the jail cell. Switchblade <laughs> is like a character unto itself. I just remembered something mm. when... You're talking about how the dynamics between the women and yeah. the male characters are so interesting, right? But when they're on their honeymoon, um, <sighs> Willa reaches into his pocket and pulls out oh, the knife, yep. and then she just goes, man, yeah. and puts <laughs> oh, it back man. in. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but there's that moment right before he kills her where he's in like the gothic cathedral lit mm-hmm. bedroom which is one of the greatest sets of all time in yep. my opinion but mm-hmm. he's got his hand ri- up raised up because he in, i think is is communing with the lord or whatever while she's praying mm-hmm. and he clasps his hand in prayer and he's holding the open knife between his uh, palms yeah uh-huh which mimics the set yep Oh uh, my yeah. god. This is the yeah. house and this is the steeple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Open door, kill all the people. Kill all the people. <laughs> so yeah, this was Charles Lawton's one and only directorial feature. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It what was, did he do before this and after, do you know? He was an actor. He was an actor. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, and this is Ooh. his one shot and it was a massive flop he was centuries ahead of his time oh yeah that's that's an understatement like it's it's crazy though how it just just like he just was like well i'm never doing that again mm-hmm. yeah i, I yeah. mean he, it's possibly just was never given another chance yeah possible yeah but if you only do one then it better be night yeah mm-hmm. night of the hunters are pretty good <laughs> yeah only totally one to do. yeah oh my god amazing well when you think of the tone of the film i mean just say nothing about how it looks when you think about the approach of blending humor with horror mm-hmm. it feels always just every time so fresh mm-hmm. um, yeah the themes resonate so much in every thriller to come after night of the hunter yeah um i mean so many of the things are are familiar when you revisit the film because you mm-hmm. see it just dozens and dozens of times, sometimes yeah. done well, sometimes <laughs> no, not. But no, oh, I just never. God, I love it so much. It's lovable. I love it so much. Yeah, I, I kind of want to watch it again. It is so amazing. 
I just can't believe it. it was 1955. I still can't believe it. <laughs> it's there's a lot of weirdos like that, like weird older, like specifically 50s movies that are subversive in a way that you you kind of that take you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I wanted to bring up that this is the first link that we've gotten to see more of <laughs> in the in the movie that we followed them to. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was yeah it's like usually diminishing returns. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they're in it for five minutes and then they get their, their neck etruscan twisted. Yeah. And they're <laughs> gone forever. <laughs> I guess Sarah Botsford. We got more Sarah Botsford. Yeah. Oh, trivia. Uh, some, sort of. Charles Lawton trivia for you, Joe. That Charles Lawton was married to Elsa Lancaster, who uh-huh. is probably most known for being the bride of Frankenstein. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Wow. And I do believe Charles Lawton is also notoriously homosexual. And I'm pretty sure she was notoriously lay- lesbian. Y- yes, mm-hmm. that's the whole James Whale clan. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> it's a, she was notoriously what? A lesbian. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, they yeah, were each, cool. other's they were beards. each other's beards. That's yeah. awesome. That's a great it. arrangement for that period. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know more about that, there's a movie called Gods and Monsters that addresses yeah. some of it. Yeah. <laughs> God, um, were we so just when, talking about Gods and Monsters? I think we were, oh, talking, we're talking about Brendan Fraser. Yeah. When after he murders Willa, uh, uh, he's crying in the Icy Spoon's parlor and the husband of Icy Spoon, Icy Spoon, <laughs> the, the husband says, <laughs> Mr. Spoons, Mr. 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 Spoons. Well, maybe she just run off on a spree. And I was like, what the fuck is a spree? Like, it's like a that's like a regular thing that wives would do. What is that? No. A spree is that like where you go and you just like sow your wild oats for a while and then come home. That's what I would call it. Is that what it is? A Except spree. Technically, females aren't sowing oats. Well, Ruby was. Are they just going and the eating the candy sperm. spree? <laughs> <laughs> God, oats, oats are sperm. Speaking of oats. Oh, is it time for pick, pick your, your oats? <laughs> Pick your spree. Ah, uh, who, Ellen, who's your spree? See, <laughs> who's your first your stop on your oat sewing spree? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean. Is it the one who looks like my mom? <laughs> God, that's going to, that, that information is fucking me up for some reason. Um, I mean, there's just not really, can I say Stanley Cortez? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to explain who that is. The cinematographer for this. Oh. Okay. Um, no, I don't no, I don't I don't have a poke, but nope, 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 nope. Is it Reverend Henry Kane from Poltergeist 2? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna die in there. <laughs> You're <not>. gonna die. <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> There's something Ellen's in my in teeth. Her holy temple. <laughs> you seem awfully confident for somebody who's there in his house all alone. Talking about the hunter. He's got Boba. Well, I got Boba here, yeah. Uh Corey, you're you're next in line. I was gonna Tell say a, a split diopter shot, but then I feel like that's been usurped or taken already. So uh, I'll uh, You're allowed to have the same pokes. I'll mm-hmm. no, I'll 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 say uh, uh, Lillian Gish, but in a kind of non-sexual, she can 
sing to me while holding a shotgun yeah. scenario. Oh. That works. Yeah, that doesn't okay. sound sexual. No, it's comforting. <laughs> it's it's there's no look, fetishes around that. No, it's just, that seems healthy. Look, we're just comforting each other. Yes. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. yeah. You I would abide. like I would like to be comforted by Peter Graves. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? He was daddy. Uh oh, Ben Ben. He's ben the Weber? dad, yeah. Uh, He's the name? is it yeah. Ben Harper? Ben Harper. <laughs> Even Mission though he Impossible. has a dirty ass sock in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so cute. He doesn't want to spill the beans, so he just shows a sock in there. Yeah, it's a, nasty, a prison sock. I, no. <laughs> no, that's not a euphemism prison for anything. Sock. It's literally a sock that you yeah. wear in prison. Joe, who's your prison sock? Of course. It's, <laughs> do you see my note? Yes. First Definitive time I saw him. Folk. Definitive folk. Isn't yeah. that weird? Mm-hmm. He sort of looks like um, James Norton there. He does. Yeah. He's, uh, it's, it's funny because I've also, I think I also kind of had a bit of a, like, crush on him in Airplane. <laughs> Uh, when he's like full white hair, just old dude. But is he a pilot? Yeah, he's and, the one that uh, says, do you, "Do you like movies about gladiators? Have you ever seen a grown man naked?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like um, really cute in that. I remember that. Yeah, but he's so funny in that, which he's is something so that, like, I think of him from Mission Impossible, right? Oh yeah, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so his performance in Airplane is completely not who he was in my. Mind. Well, that's the brilliance of the airplane casting. Yeah, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is concrete. I... <laughs> <laughs> but also, seeing Shelley Winters uh, in Icy Spoon working, I was like, damn, holy shit, she's slamming. Yeah. Yeah. She's a hot mom. So she's she, in my second poke. She looked great. Uh, I feel so bad for her when. When Robert Mitchard shames her for wanting for wanting to have sex with him. Ugh. Ugh. I know. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, she should have oh, gone with Uncle uh what's his name? <laughs> Uncle Birdie Steptoe. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle like let the whole family get murdered and not say anything about it. <laughs> Birdie Steptoe. Wouldn't you be traumatized if you were just fishing and you looked down and saw that? I mean yeah, I'm traumatized mm-hmm. from seeing it in the movie. Yeah, like, it's I a just, life ruiner. Just, just, yeah, just you never can you come back from that. escape. Yeah, yeah that's it's, true. I mean, just kill yourself though. If you're going to be that useless as a human, I feel like you just like drown yourself. Well, he drinks himself huh. to relative death to so. to ruin. <laughs> uh, uh, I have no notes. Um, oh, my only note was that uh, he's coded impotent. Yes, but not gay, mm-hmm. which is oh, yeah. wildly revolutionary for the time, mm-hmm. and it's one hundred percent because Charles Lawton is gay. I think that's mm-hmm. a really yes that I I agree with you, and I think that's a really cool point to to yeah. bring up. Like they're, uh, you know, you're talking to people who see the gay and everything, and this is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is one hundred percent like no 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 not not this like yeah like <laughs> Charles Lawton's like. This psychotic misogynist is straight. Yes. And yeah. cannot get it up and has a switchblade that will pop out of his fucking yeah. pants. Right. His, his it is uh-huh. kickerism. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is, it's 1955. That is wild. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Yes, totally. And within the first like five minutes of the movie, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And he explicitly mm. says at some point, don't touch my knife. It makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. God. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. 
Yeah, all the dynamics between the characters are so cis, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, yeah, it's like really, it was strange to me that he didn't want to also have sex with this hot Shelly Winter's widow. I was like, why not? He hates I, I, women. Because he hates women. He can't, I don't think he's able to to perform sexually. And yeah. I think because huh. of that, he hates women. Because of the perfume the smelling devil. things and the lacy things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, uh, every, things everything feminine hair. is a, is a, is a hair. an arrow pointing to his his dysfunction mm-hmm. uh john, uh what's his name the is john the boy the boy, boy. Mm-hmm. yeah he's talking to uncle Stepto. birdie Steptoe, birdie <laughs> and then i had to I, I went back like three times into this section because i was like what did that guy just say about women oh like i went back like three times to figure out what he actually said about women and he says shucks ain't it a caution what a woman will load onto a man's back when oh, he ain't yeah. looking and i was like oh this is the beginning of you sucking <laughs> 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 little did i know he fucking <laughs> blew that out of the water too <laughs> with how much he sucked as a person and then he's gone from the movie right after that he's like i'm not gonna report this because they'll blame it on me and then well, he's the, gone. Yeah, the kids leave town, so there's and we we're following them. I really thought he was going to be the hero. I guess maybe that's why, because he was like, you know, John went onto his boat. It seemed like the father figure that he needed, and then it was like really touching for him to have this father figure, sort of. And then he is a f- complete selfish asshole, and then that's it for him. <laughs> and then the other thing, my last thing, I think I'll say about. I'm done with notes and everything is when John sees the evil preacher being arrested and he freaks out. It it was like very touching Mm -hmm. and really interesting. And, and I just, again, couldn't believe that this was 1955 when this movie was made to show that child reacting to that trauma, even with this hated, character that he knew was trying to murder him and his sister and didn't give a shit and he still reacted that way it was very interesting choice for that character at the Mm -hmm. end and uh, yeah it was like that was kind of sad i almost started crying i was like (laughs) oh my god like you saw your dad get arrested and then your dad got hung or or killed i don't know i don't remember how it was electric hung for killing two people while robbing a bank yeah he gets hung so it was, that was like a very touching moment that I did not expect at all. It was like really interesting. To it's it's heavier that. than it. Like it's a hev- it's a moment of heaviness that you don't really expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but empathy it, for a character that's been hounding, like hunting him the whole movie. I think I don't know. I said this before, but I see that as the arc of John more than anything else. Yes, but mm-hmm. right off the bat, like you realize that there's layers for this character because when. The, they come to throw the dad on the ground and arrest him and take him away to his eventual mm-hmm. death. Um, mm-hmm. Right away, like John's hand flies up to his, oh, to, to his, his, heart. his, yeah. He he clutches himself briefly, and then it's the same thing, right? Where he's like, "Don't, don't." Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just love that full circle moment for that character. But also, yeah. there's a, a really pivotal scene between John and Miss Cooper where he's standing on the porch while she tells the girls like the Bible story. And she, you know, keeps glancing 
out onto the porch because she knows that he's listening. And so she chooses very carefully the story of Moses, which, of mm-hmm. course, pulls us into the whole mm-hmm. this whole consideration of, of the children's journey down the river. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when she says, go get me an apple and get yourself one, too. And there's yeah. just that moment where he places his hand onto hers. Yes. And you realize that this character is finally allowed to release like this role of having to take care of his sister and to always Uh having to be on guard. And it speaks to the trust and it's really moving. And then I also think about how then he gifts her with an apple. Yes. um, Yes. As Mm -hmm. his like stand in Christmas present. And Mm -hmm. there's just something so perfect about that because it's for me, it's it's hard. so sweet. It's just hard to imagine that character without that mm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just. Mm, it's, it's funny great. because when they meet that, when they meet, what's her name? The orphan running lady. <laughs> the orphan runner. Orphan, orphan running runner. lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like, she, she just immediately, down. she starts like whipping at them with a branch and like uh-huh. chases them up. And then there, they, she's like, <laughs> She's bathing him, and then he like runs away into a bush, and she just starts wailing on his ass, like she's just like spanking him so hard, and it's just like, oh my god, Jesus Christ! But then she becomes that hero and mother for them, and protects them. And uh, and another touching moment from her was when with Ruby, who's going out to to going out in the town and starting to see men. She's the older child of everybody. You think I think I like expected her to like, you know, be all shitty about that. But she gives her this really beautiful brooch, right, Mm -hmm. for Christmas to make her look better for her like nights out on the town. She's like, you should look cute. This will like make you look cute. That's how I took it. I don't know if this is like what was intended at all. But I was like, she wants Ruby to do that. She wants her to like have a good time and like look cute in this brooch that just like go out and look, look good and like have fun. Basically, is what she was saying. I, I, think I don't know. It is I don't her... know. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> just, because there's... she's actually running an orphan whorehouse. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. She also there's a moment where she says to, to someone at a store. They're at, they're at, her and the children are at, at a store. Yeah, and she sees Ruby go off uh, to go and talking to the young boys that are on standing against the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she says something like, "Oh God, you know she's gonna." Come, come back with more kids for me to take care of, basically. <laughs> God, but she yeah. says it, and it's a joke. Like she's, she's oh, yeah. not mad. She's, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, life. It's just the way the world works. Yeah, right. And totally. like, I can't remember who said it earlier in the podcast, but she is the Christian. Like she's the Christian yeah. of the. She's movie. walking the walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. she's how I see my dad. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, like really being. The Christian, uh, really being the one that wants to be helpful, that knows that humanity is is lies in us helping each other. Yeah. Uh, but she's also had this experience with her own son that's yeah. gone wrong, mm-hmm. and she touches on that a couple times mm-hmm. on Christmas when she looks in the mailbox and yeah. she's talking to herself. I mean, it's it's like it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's really. I see the brooch yeah. as more of her acknowledgement uh, that Ruby is growing up. Yes. And that also that I see it like that she's telling 
the children that they matter, that they deserve to have something mm. special just for them, like the watch and the brooch and all mm. of that. I mean, it's really mm. moving and in shows like that connection between the two of them and that understanding of where, you know, that Ruby's older. Cause she, she does talk yep. about that yeah. where she's like, Oh, she's my old oldest one. And you know, mm-hmm. I see the brooch yeah. as like her, her, she it's it's a it's exactly what both of you said she's giving her a piece of jewelry yes. a, a a shiny thing mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. is for women it acknowledges her it acknowledges her her yeah. her womanhood and her mm-hmm. and and says to her there's nothing wrong with being a woman mm-hmm. right um, yeah. you you like, can you can wear it yeah. out and proud mm-hmm. that you are a woman Whereas Robert Mitchum is like, women are disgusting. Yeah. There's, yes. Makeup is bad. You should be ashamed of being a woman. Like, doing your hair yeah, is bad. Totally. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. everything that he it, has were, to say is just like, it just condemns every single piece of that sort of femininity. Exactly. And yeah, what totally. she's doing is sort of like making a, a, a space for that and being like, no, this is an okay thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, she's affirming it. Yeah. yeah. That's how I see it as, yes, she is saying here, look cute when you go out. And she's yeah. also saying, and you are, you are a, a woman now. And this yeah, is, totally. you should like, have I, things that belong to you. I, when you fully expect her to like whip the shit out of that, out of Ruby for you, when Ruby's going to those boys in the town, you're like, Oh shit. Like you're going to get your ass kicked by that lady. <laughs> But it really reminded me of spoiler alert if you haven't seen Call Me by Your Name, but like the whole movie, you're like waiting for the dad to crack oh, down on yeah. this relationship that's building. Corey, have you seen it? I, I don't want to like. Oh, I oh yeah, no, 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 no! Don't okay. say anything. Okay. Don't say anything more. Don't right. say anything oh, more. Hang on, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll take my headphones off. And you Definitely watch it. But okay, for the listeners, you're like waiting the whole movie for the dad to crack down on this relationship that's building between his son and this man. And then at the by the at the end of the movie, he's just like fully accepting of it. And it's such a fucking beautiful moment that is I think about that so often. And this was like sort of a moment like that where I was like, that's so gorgeous and yeah. beautiful. Like what amazing this character is just amazing. Yep. But when <laughs> that preacher, I know you're going to be to come like, back. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Corey's back. I also, when, I know I should have seen it by now. I know I should have. It just hasn't happened <laughs> oh, yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's definitely like my favorite director going right now for sure. So it's 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 beautiful. But when I know you're going to say like the movie wouldn't have happened if this happened. Oh yeah, but get when, this out now. Yeah, while please. Here. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Rewrite corner when that when the preacher is like finds them on his horse and she's got the rifle on him he chases john under the under the porch with a knife and she pokes him in the butt with a fucking rifle and he's like i'll be back later at night i that's when you pull the fucking trigger and you blast his head off his shoulders (laughs) like for real i that i would have been like oh nope you're gonna fucking you're dead at this point i mean i agree with you and if it was i think if it was i don't know I can't really say that, but I'm sure if that was if it was her real children, she probably would have killed him. But yeah, uh, she doesn't know who he is. I I know. Like she she doesn't know what level threat he is. Right. Yeah. Does that happen before or after the he ain't my pa? That's uh, right. Immediately. Okay. It's it's what it's the moment that follows. Okay. And yeah, and yeah. she's also she's she's confused. She sees Pearl give him a hug and call him daddy. 
And it's only when John says he ain't my paw and he does that weird smile smirk. He's all. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, exactly. That <laughs> that uh, she's she's like, oh, no, you are not. You are definitely not these children's yeah. father. But if I saw a man chase a boy under a porch with a knife, I'd be like, I think I would shoot. <laughs> I think I would. Yeah. I would be like. I'm not waiting for you to come back. I'm not staying up all night for this. You're just dead. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to like waste my sleep on you. You're fucking dead. And in that time, she doesn't even call the police until she's got him like trapped in the barn. He's like yowling like a little. Well, they got to do their duet first. They Oh, another amazing scene. Amazing scene where, where the creepy, creepy preacher is singing the song that he's been taunting these children with this uh-huh. entire movie. Yeah. And she, she sings the the uh, parallel line yeah. for the hymn, which is so, it's such an, it's still to me, it's such a fucking amazing scene. Like mm-hmm. this point of connection between them. Yeah, like they have this connective, all of these like connection points that are possible. Yes. But are just not there because yeah, like we said, like, he is an absolute predator and she is mm-hmm. a nurturer. Yes. And even though they're quoting from the same book, they're just like they're just pulling the parts that are useful for what they want to be doing. Mm-hmm. She needs she mm-hmm. has this nurturing role that she wants to live out like she says like I'm a strong tree with many branches for many birds and <laughs> Basically, he's like, I'm just looking for more widows that have more money. Yeah, where are the widows? Bring yeah. on the widows. Where damn widows? Just the There's perfect so opportunity <laughs> to see that contrast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, it's about religion and the way people mm-hmm. use it for their own purposes, mm-hmm. should they choose to, and all the different ways that it shapes your path, right, on Earth. And it's surprisingly... For such a dark movie, it's surprisingly optimistic. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think about other movies that Come do on, this. Come on, Doily they... Apple. Come on, <laughs> Doily Apple. Yeah. Doily Apple. Mm. Not a dry eye in the house. Uh, <laughs> I think about other movies that use similar uh, similar allegory to tell somewhat. So I like think of There Will Be Blood, yeah. uh, where religion right. is is obviously being used as a tool to to gain wealth and power. Um, there is no optimism in that movie. <laughs> There's no optimism in a lot of these, like in, in a lot of other films that tell this, to- this tale and for something this dark. And it is, I guess the fairy tale nature of it that, it, or the fable nature of it, where it's, it it's a morality tale. Um, and the, the right hand wins at the end. Mm-hmm. After the left hand takes <laughs> everything that it can, yeah, yeah, no one gets out unscathed. But right. it's just—it's not right, a noir, is the thing. It's the like right it's, hand also waves around the dick knife. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So I—I I was a little confused at at the ending. What happens to the preacher? There's a there's a whole riot, He's right? Hung. And d- does it show that? No, no, which is weird. I always it's I really always, strange. Every, yeah. Even last night when I watched it, I was like, it ends with just his feet dangling, right, <laughs> like on the gallows, but it doesn't. Nope. Um, no. But the the only way you know is when the hangman smiles and yells, "I can't wait to get to work tomorrow," or whatever. Like he's yeah, he's yeah. glad that he gets to hang this guy. 
Right. But there's a whole riot. It's really strange. It becomes a riot of all the townsfolk, and they're running through the town with the, like the, all the children and mm. trying to get away. And, yeah, a uh, full-on like Springfield a... mob. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. A, uh, January 6th, if you will. Please want somebody Here, think of the clear. children. We don't want any more bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally, that lady did think of the children, though, so yes. that's good. And oh. she thinks that they abide and they endure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. The contrast between the way that Bart, the guard slash hangman, feels about executing Ben Harper versus the way that he feels about the preacher mm-hmm. is yeah worth noting. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really when the mob is like tearing apart like the diner or whatever. Yeah. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that icy? It's so great. Spoon? Oh yeah. Icy's just she's she's here for it. She's here for yeah. the screaming. She's here yeah. for the judgment. She's here for the She loves screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's using religion to be like totally ignorant, I feel like. She's just like she's like on the road to hell paved with good intentions, that mm. icy spoon. She just like has the worst advice ever. <laughs> but she makes a mean fried chicken and sweet potato. Yeah. yeah. And fudge. Yeah. And fudge. Orgasmic fudge. Yeah, that that fudge will blow your mind. <laughs> Do we recommend this movie, people? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ellen uh, wants to keep it to herself. No. It's, yeah. it's hers and hers alone. <laughs> it's too much. You can never unsee. You can't Shelley Winters it. roped to the car with her throat slit, or as Uncle Bertie says, down there in the deep place with that slit Ugh. in her throat like she had an extra mouth. Oh my Child. God. So terrifying. Mm. That that passed like whatever rating sensors they had at that. It was rated year. X. Was it really? No. Oh, wow. No, no wonder wow. it flopped. Which yeah. I oh, guess my parents lot. thought was yeah. for children only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> X for extra, extra cute. Yeah. So Corey, you 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 get to choose whether you want to uh, simply recommend or not recommend, or you can rate it. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna rate this five out of five floating children's heads in space. <laughs> mm. That sing. That's a lot of yeah. floating children's heads. <laughs> so many children's heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is this movie's excellent. Um, mm. I. I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Ooh, what's the lost point for? The lost point is uh, only. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's that we don't see Robert Mitchum die. Uh, I <laughs> I feel huh. like it's missing a it's missing an element of satisfaction, even though that's not the point of the movie. Uh, I feel like we are losing a little little nugget of brutality at the end um, i think pearl should have ripped his face off with her teeth john <laughs> yep <laughs> um huh yeah interesting but it's like such a little thing but it is a thing that every the few times i've seen it every time i'm like ah, oh, wait like i i, I misremember it mm-hmm. so yeah. you want it that bad i do i i desperately want i want Blood-soaked vengeance. <laughs> yeah. Like Bodhi would say, it's like acid in your mouth. <laughs> but wait, so 9 out of 10 
I don't really. Un- so you're saying four out of five? No, four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah. If you do the yeah. Okay. The conversion. Strictly. Yeah. Joe. Uh, yeah, nine out of ten as well. Uh, and I feel like if I watch, if I watch this more, and I probably will watch this more, it'll just be a ten out of ten. It's like yeah, a in a classic movie that you've never heard of before. I don't know why I've never heard of this movie before. It's so fascinating to me, uh, and incredible. I am just like, it's just it's dated in certain ways. It's dated in ways where it's like Willa becoming part of his weird cult and that whole scene and just like things that were like that that are really weird to me that don't really make a lot of sense. And then so that's why it loses the point. No. I, did, I did one while you, you were gone. While you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> we were very grateful. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a rewrite. It's just like certain character motivations I didn't Ooh, really hey, quite understand. Do you hear that sizzle? It's time for hot links. Hot links. <laughs> it's a sizzle. I can smell them. I can Ooh, smell them. Hot links are those bright red <laughs> ones in the jar. Skillet's yeah. hot. Skillet's hot. <laughs> Ellen. Yeah. I, I hope you pick one of the two that I have chosen. <laughs> I, I probably didn't. Uh, that's probably true. Um, and I'm sorry. That's okay. I picked After Hours. By <laughs> um, I My link is Charles Lawton. I love it. And Ooh. I picked The Old Dark House. Oh, damn. Oh. Corey? That movie rules. Corey, have you seen that? I, I have indeed. <laughs> Corey, have you ever named a band after that movie? No, no, never. Uh, I picked uh, Gloria Castillo, oh, Castillo, yeah. who played Ruby, yeah. who is in a movie that has been on my to-watch list for a long time. Well, not a long time, maybe a year, because I've been watching a lot of atomic anxiety movies from mm. the 50s. And she's in a movie called Invasion of the Saucer Men yes, from 1957. Brains. With the, the Mars giant brain. brains. Yeah, with the big eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's like 69 minutes long. Oh, wow. Ooh, 69. <laughs> nice. It's called Invasion of the Saucer nice. Men. Invasion of the Saucer Men. Ooh, Saucer Men. Uh, I don't know if it's good. Uh, she's Are second they- build in it, though. So it would be, yeah. you would be doing a trade up. Okay. She's so, Etruscan twisted immediately. So link integrity, you're saying, is strong. <laughs> yeah, the link. Yeah. She has, yeah. The saucer men pokeable. The chain, <laughs> the chain of strength. She has um, top billing. Like, she has bi- top billing in the trailer as well. Like, hmm. she's, they mentioned her specifically in the trailer for Dino oh, wow. Hunter. Nice. Oh. Okay. I have to pick one. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've, I have have I let one. you down? No. Um, I I had a feeling this was a, this was going to be a long shot. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm going to say them both, both, but I I'm I'm saying I'm saying my definitive wheel choice, but I am going to tell you both. Um, my first one, and uh, one that is not for the wheel, is Robert Altman's A Wedding, mm. which has Lillian Gish, um, and mm. A Wedding has come up on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite Altman movies, and. Uh, I really would love to watch it and talk to you guys about it. We love uh, to speak Altmanese. Yeah, and wait, who is Lillian Gish in? Night She's of the, Hunter? the the orphan Skipper. runner. 
Oh, okay, okay. Uh, my choice for the wheel is Shelley Winters in The Tenant. Oh, oh, shit. I was this close to picking that. <sighs> I also thought about picking that or Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> oh. uh, the Tenant, I I will take any opportunity God. to watch please and discuss the tenant. the tenant. Okay. Oh, what a mind fuck. God, I love that movie. Yeah. As I forgot to choose a link and frantically IMDb'd Shelly Winters and what she was in and what would be interesting to watch, I found a movie called Witchfire. Do we oh, know about it? I do not. Okay. It's from 1985. <laughs> and it says, after her psychiatrist is killed in an auto accident, his mentally deranged patient, Lydia, and two of her even crazier companions hide out in a house <laughs> in a rural area. What could go wrong? This, so, has, this, this has four poster. reviews on Letterboxd. It's got 4.5 out of 10. <laughs> So I, that's I my. <laughs> We'd have to find it. I know. She's in a lot of interesting things. I've never seen Lolita either. Is that uh, a good movie? Is that a recommended movie to yeah. watch? I, I recommend it. it. All right. Let me set. Wow, which fire the wheel. has a really weird poster? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like. It's got I, the kid from over the top in it. Watching that. Eric, do you want to add your other one too, so that we have less of a chance of watching Witchfire? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. I hope you guys do watch Witchfire. I know. I kind of hope I, we I do too. Seek it out. Okay. You spinning? Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Old Dark House. Yes. Old Dark House. Yay. <laughs> Old Dork House. <laughs> Old, Old Dirk, Dirk House, house <laughs> has been selected. <laughs> Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are watching next week Old Dark House from when is that from? Nineteen thirty-two. Thirty-two. Uh, that I do believe is on Shutter. No beds. <laughs> that's the that's the catchphrase of the movie from James Whale. It's no longer nineteen thirty-two. Jesus. Uh, let me see where we. Can or find as it. you might want to think of it. 53 years before Witchfire. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's now my new. It's available at olddarkhouse.bandcamp.com. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, shush. All right, plug, plug. Uh, it's, uh, it is available on Prime for $4. It is also on Tubi, which you can, so you can watch it for free with ads. And it's on Mubi if you're fancy. Uh, 63 years before Jurassic Park. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Clever girl. Oh my god. Corey, you've been on the podcast before. We know you well, but this is a movie that you've named your solo music (laughs) project Uh, after. I have a a duo with my friend Andrew. Oh, it's uh, a duo. Okay. Yeah. Called Old Dark House. Okay. uh, after this movie. Yeah, but it's a well and also there it sort of became a a catch-all descriptor for these types of movies. Mm. Okay. So like it would be easy to even describe like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre as like an old dark house film. It's like oh. it, it's sort of uh just a way of like the premise of probably young people probably in a car 
probably breaks down. They go to the nearest house. <laughs> it is creepy. Uh-huh. They are taken in. It is probably raining. Uh-huh. Um, it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. It's okay. a million That's movies. A, an you know? old dark house type of movie. Exactly. It's a way to describe okay. those types Our of movies. movies. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I wanted to call a band that for years. So when me and my friend Andrew started this project, I was like, can we just use this name that I've had like in like tucked away? Cause I knew no one had, had used it. And I was uh-huh. like, it's crazy. No one has used this as a band. <laughs> and this is All not right. rigged to plug anybody's. No, no. <laughs> it, was my first choice before I veered into Shelley Winters, and then oh, I love that. I poster. mean, I had to go with it. Yes, yeah. how can you not? I love it. Yeah, yeah. amazing. There's, there's an old dark house from the '60s called called Old Dark House by William Castle. It's not very good. Oh, uh, so if you get like real William curious, yeah. but this is the original. Yes, from the from the director of Frankenstein, James Whale. James Whale. Wow. Thanks, cool. listener. <laughs> Thanks, listener. Glad you're hanging Thanks, out. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Sarah Romano Deal. <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, uh, listener, if you want to talk to us about any of these things that we are watching and talking about now or in the future, just write to us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, both at itwasmurderpod. And I'm the one that checks all those messages. So I will be the one saying hi to you. Um, also listener, if you haven't yet given us a review and five stars on Apple podcasts, please just take a little minute out of your day and go do that. It's just fucking nice. do it. It's a real nice thing to do. I can um, feel myself getting awful angry. If you don't. <laughs> angry children. Children. Um, what else? If your dad told you like went to jail and told you where a bunch of money was was hidden don't tell your baby sister where that money is don't put it in her doll don't put it in her doll and don't tell her where it is because she fucking sucks <laughs> and she'll tell her new daddy immediately but that Unless little girl with a can. was bjork and <laughs> sang a beautiful <laughs> song is on it a river just <laughs> Like a depression era thing that kids are so desperate to cut up paper that they'll cut up. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, Jesus. Weird moment. They're just finding toys uh-huh. wherever they can. Yeah, anything's a toy yeah, if you play with like, it. Yeah, stick. It's my friend Mary. It's a it's a hard world for small things. <laughs> oh, for little things. For little things. Um, Wait. So it was it ten thousand dollars? Yeah. 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 I mean, are you doing the you conversion? doing the math? Yes. Yeah. Give me that math. Give me that sweet ten thousand dollars value of ten thousand dollars from nineteen fifty five to twenty twenty three is about a hundred and twelve thousand dollars two hundred and fifty three a hundred and twelve thousand two hundred and fifty three dollars and seventy three cents. But the film <laughs> takes place in the depression. Yes. So nineteen thirty. <laughs> what, what what year should I choose? Nineteen thirty four. Thirty four. Oh yeah. So even more. Two hundred and twenty-four thousand five hundred and seven dollars and forty-six cents. There you go. Wow! Wow! Hmm. So that's like ha- that's like a quarter of a latte in LA. You could get like <laughs> half of a cortado. I just think of when Robert Mitchum appears in the doorway and they're frantically trying to stuff the money back oh, yes. into the doll. And when they uh, walk towards him, and the leaves blow the. Uh, 
the money's oh like God. blowing and, and you just start incredible. waiting for him to look down here. and the, uh, I was thinking about like the amount of that just beautiful shot and the money flowing past his feet and the fan that they had to use to get that money to flow perfectly past him. Holy shit. That was mm. incredible. Yeah, that was such a good moment. Yeah, well, you should have talked about this when the podcast was going on because it's over I now. Know. Speaking of and small I'm, things, oh, sorry. good I night, Freeway. In the, in the cool <laughs> after podcast. <laughs> good night, Freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway, and the tortoise, and the fox, and the frog, and the spider that we saw. (laughs) Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all.